All right. It has, uh, it has been wonderful to watch. Uh, just it's been wonderful to hear. Uh, you know, when Tim was up here sharing with you earlier, uh, it, that, that is really kind of an amazing statistics, and it's not even close to everybody that reported back in. But there's this, there's this I mean, let me tell you this first before I forget it. I, I've had several of you say, ah, you know, Jeff or Pastor or, you know, we, we, we missed kind of the start of this one and gosh, everybody's talking about it and we feel like we've missed out. Okay, we knew they were going to be you, all right? And, uh, and we're prepared for you, all right? And, uh, and there's no way we can start one, you know, in the holidays, you know, never in December. But first of January, we're gonna kick off another group. We're expecting another between 100 and 200 to go through it then. So uh, if you would like to do that, you'll be hearing a lot more information as that gets closer. But I wanted to tell you about that that, that is coming. You know, um, it's one of those things, um, it's one of those areas of our lives as believers that's, that's a, such a huge area. Nobody talks about it because everybody gets nervous about it. I mean, even our, even our, our video guy said we were a little scared at, you know, taking a dive into our, our finances. We were a little scared of, yeah, everybody gets nervous. Everybody gets, you know, kind of apprehensive. And obviously in the day in which we live, everybody gets a little suspicious. But as we've wanted to tell you, this has not been about give to the church. This has been about this has been about some freedom in this area because, because remember, I, as, as, as it says in Galatians, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And that's not just, just that's freedom in all areas. And one of those big areas is, is, is our finances. Just simply because there's no, there's no quite stress, there's no quite slavery, if you will, like financial stress and financial bondage. And so I just, it has been one of those great things because in these nine weeks, we've understood, we've gained perspective on different things. We've learned some wisdom in these areas and we've focused on them. We've looked at them. You know, most of the time, so many people, not most of the time, but a good bit of the time, we're just busy doing life. You're busy just trying to make ends meet. You're busy trying to do this. You're trying to get here, trying to do what you're supposed to do that sometimes we don't look at these things. And then when we do look at them, it's, it's glaring like, oh, wow, yeah, I need to do something about that. I think that's kind of what this has been. So it has been just, uh, we've just been a resounding, it's overwhelming, really, when you hear from people just, just what the Lord's doing. You know, personally, Martha and I have kind of been going through this since, since the beginning. We were just fortunate that, you know, at the very beginning, we went through a lot of this and we've been doing this for a long time. But this is probably the third time we've gone through it and we still have stuff that we're tweaking and going along the way. It's an amazing how it works. But I wanted to, after now that you've been through this and now that you're in the perspective that you're in, okay? I really want you to see, a few weeks ago when we kicked this off, I did, a, I did a message as we were kicking this off on a, on a passage in Philippians chapter four. And I wanna start there. Philippians chapter four, it says, this is Paul talking. It says, no, not that I'm speaking of being in need. He says, for I have learned in then whatever situation to be content. All right, now, now we talked about that as we kicked this off. Now contentment, being content, is something we all long for, but so many er ever really get toward. But I do want you to see that contentment, look at it, is, is Paul tells you it's learned. It is something that you learn. Contentment, 
especially when we have contentment in our relationship with him. We, now that you can see on this side of what we're doing, right? On this side of everything that you've learned, that you've gone through. Think about now, if, if this is your first time, then the perspective is not there to truly understand that verse. But if you've been through this, it's a learned thing. And think about this. Think about this. It's something that's learned. So it's something that you understand. When you do get to a, a point of being content, then what happens is, is that you don't spend resources, money, on things, on stuff to fill that need that you're looking to fill, right? Because you're filling it in him. You'll be amazed is that you'll see, well, you know, we could, we could buy that, but why? Well, you know, we don't really need that. Do we really need that? It's an, perspective is an amazing thing. But when you're on the other treadmill, you got to have it. And so it's a perspective. So Paul says, you know, I've learned. I've learned to be content. It's something I had to learn. Why? Because you learn to be content by being discontent, really, to be honest with you. And you've learned where that comes from. Right? So whatever situation I'm being content, look at this. I know how to be brought low. So it is, what's Paul saying is, I've learned what it means to be at the bottom. Also, I've, I've learned what it means to abound. That is, I learned what it be, means to be at the top. Believe it or not, it's harder to trust the Lord when you're at the top than when you're at the bottom. When you're at the bottom, you're not going any lower, right? That's the great pet about the bottom, you know? You can kind of look up and say, okay, well, the only where to go is up here. So there's almost hope at the bottom a little bit sometimes. But when you're at the top, there's this, there's this constant if you will, this constant need to fill a void. It's an amazing thing. I have met, I've been around so many people all of my life now and doing what I do. And, and those who are sometimes the most successful, that we would call the most successful, successful is, is a term that needs to be defined. But they look back on times earlier when they were Nowhere and nobody as being the greatest times of their life, right? Isn't that amazing how that works? Why? Because it's not about the stuff. It's not about having it. It's about be having that place inside filled. It is an amazing thing when I look around me and we begin to see some of these things. A lot of times churches and pastors can't talk about it because they're afraid of being labeled one way or another. I just want you to see it because freedom in this area, you wouldn't believe how many other areas it takes freedom to, right? Now look at this. He says, I know how to be at the top. I know how to be at the bottom. Look what it says here. In any and in every circumstance, okay, I have learned, listen to this, I have learned the secret so Paul says there's a secret to this. I've learned the secret of facing plenty. In other words, I've learned how to handle when I have an abundance. Believe it or not, handling abundance is harder than handling need. It really is, right? So Paul says, I have learned the secret of handling plenty. And look what else he says. And also handling hunger. I've learned the secret of handling abundance and I've learned the secret of handling need. Now, the perspective you're reading this with now is a lot different than when we talked about 10, 11 weeks ago. Now look at Philippians 4.13, one of the most quoted verses in all the scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. But that's the context. That verse is the most quoted out of context verse, I think, in the Bible. 
But in context, it has to do with facing things, the secret. It's the secret of facing when you have abundance and when you're needy. It's learning to trust him, right? It's what we talked about last week, trusting God. And he's gonna take care of those things. It's learning to trust him even when things are in abundance, which to be honest with you, it's harder when they're in abundance, right? Because you have responsibilities, right? It's too much easier when it's in abundance. It's too easy to put your trust in the abundance. When you're down at the bottom, you're putting your toll to trust in him, right? But when you got a lot, you're having to, you're having to make, a, make, a, make, a, make a commitment, say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you even during the plenty. It's an amazing thing how it works. But I can do all things through him who gives me the strength. So this is a perspective I wanted you to see, contentment, the secret of being content, right? And when we get to those places, right, you'll find that there's stuff that you don't have to have, right? Just because just because you're not trying to fill that place in here. We talked about that 10 weeks ago, and I know a lot of you heard me then, but I wanted to take just a few minutes to do it now and let you see it from the perspective of what you've been walking through over the last nine weeks, what you've been looking at. And, and it should be almost one of those, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying there. All right, one other thing before, uh, before we move on, we're doing a lot of different things in this service. I'm gonna head back off and we're gonna do some fun things in here and then I'm gonna come back and we've got some other stuff planned for today. But we just wanted that way to be because so much we know that especially you guys in this service, you've just come out of these groups where you've shared stories, where you've eaten a lot of junk food and, and a lot of things that you've just participated in, right? And those things are fresh on your mind. And I just want you to see, the last verse I want you to see is, is kind of what um, is kind of what we talked about with this last with this last message in this series. By the way, Dave Ramsey is, a, is an excellent communicator, and uh, and communicates sometimes difficult principles, but you know it's kind of like Mary Poppins, you know, spoonful of sugar kind of thing, you know, and he does that and he does that very well, all right. But he says, basically, he goes on to talk about, remember, you know, he goes on the things I've shown you, whatever. And at the end, he says, now remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, what does he mean by that? I just wanted to show you that verse too, in perspective of where we are. What's he talking about there? Well, I have found this. Now, again, if you're hearing give to the church, then you haven't been here as part of this. That, you know that's not what we've been talking about. My desire for us to understand here with this particular thought is, what does that mean? Well, you have to be in a place to give. You do. You have to, you have to, you have to plan to be in that place. If you're waiting until you have an overabundance, that's probably not gonna happen, to be honest with you, all right? because there's always more stuff to buy and there's always more stuff to pay for, right? It's a, it's a way of life as opposed it is to just a one-time decision. And what does that mean? We're gonna do something fun in a minute that's going to explain this, this thought that I'm talking about. But what does that mean? Well, it's who God's called us to be. But let me go ahead and tell you this and, and put you off the hook. First of all, as we've, as we've learned, you have to take care and get home back ready first. And, but remember always the goal of who he's called us to be. Let me give you a, a, just an example that might help you. And I remember when Martha and I were brand new married, right? 
And uh, it's one of those things that we didn't make anything. I was a, a first time, you know, I got first job, first ministry job after I've graduated school uh, and was, was a student pastor at a, at a church in, in Georgia and, and, and went there single, which was miserable um, because every lady in that church when I got there was trying to set me up with just about everybody you could be set up. And so, we had, uh, but eventually Martha and I, right? Martha, Martha and I were going to get married and, and we did get married. And again, she, was, she, held, she still had two more years of school to finish, right? And, and we made that promise that she would finish her college if they'd let us get married, okay? If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. And so, and so she came and of course she couldn't work because she was, she was going to school. And so, um, and so it was just me and my, my job. We didn't make much at all. But we've learned kind of some of these principles. And so we set aside money. I don't even remember how much it was. Was it $10 a pay, a pay paycheck? Well, I don't know whatever it was. But we set it aside. And it was, we just kind of called it his, you know, God's glory, whatever you want, God's glory, whatever you want to call it, his. And, but it built up over time. And the goal was to use it. God, you know, and again, it wasn't one of those things I'm looking, I'm looking, where can we throw this, right? No, but it was looking for, God, where do you want this to go to make a difference in someone's life? Now listen to me, guys. That was back at the time we didn't make anything. But everybody's got $10 every, or $10 once, uh, twice a month, right? Most everybody does. So we just set this aside. And so after months, you know, we just kind of left it there and it just kept growing. I don't remember all of how it, I was a student pastor at the time and I was, you know, there was this particular person, right? There's this girl that came, I don't know, she was eighth or ninth grade and she came to our student ministry, became a believer. God was really doing a lot in her life. Well, her, she was a single, her mom was a single mom. And, and her mom, best way to say it is, uh, she's a wonderful lady, but she, life had been tough to her, if that makes sense. It'd been tough. And she was raising kids by herself and she was struggling and carried a little bitterness around with her too. And, and I remember, you know, that she was real standoffish kind of toward me, not even trusting, especially after with her daughter. And I understand that. And anyway, but, but her daughter started growing in her faith. It was wonderful. And, and, and she eased up a little bit too. And, but, you know, I got to know a lot of the parents that students were in my student ministry. And Martha, I mean, God put it on Martha and I's heart. That it, was, it was getting close to Christmas time. That that's where it was supposed to go. Right? The money we've been saving, that's where it was supposed to go. But guys, if you don't plan to give it, you won't have it when, when, it, when it's on your heart to do it. Does that make sense? And, when, and again, you have to designate it. Because $500 at that time in our life, do you realize what we could have blown that on? Right? Being young married. But unless you set it aside, you won't do it. I promise you, you won't do it. This is what I mean by it's more blessed to give than receive. It's not something just as you go and do it on a whim. He's called us. He's called us to do this intentionally. On purpose. Not just when we get a, a spasm of <gasps> generosity. Right? Right? And that's why we did this here. This is pretty cool. They'll tell you about how this ended. If you say, ah, oh, I forgot my box, that's okay, you can bring it next week, right? If you don't know what the box is, then they'll tell you about it in a minute, all right? But I remember what we did was this money, we, 
we, we just did a little note. I didn't want to do it to embarrass her uh, because it wasn't about me. It was something that God had called. And we just, this is where we needed to go. Anyway, we wrote this little, I wrote this little letter that said, you know, I'm not going to tell you the name, but said, hey, listen, I've been, I've gotten to know your daughter and I've been watching you from afar. And I, I have, I have, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm amazed at what you're able to do. And I just wanted to help. And Martha and I just wanted to give you something at the holiday time that might help relieve the stress. Right? And, and it was an amazing thing what happened there. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They knew we didn't have anything any more than they had anything. And yet I thought about them. But it wasn't really me. It was something the Lord put in our hearts. But guys, I, I was amazed at the difference. Not only did the little girl start showing up and being at everything we did, all right? And, but I'd, Martha and I gained a real friend there down through the years. And we were able to encourage her to where, you know, up to that point, she'd just been burned most of her life. Does that make sense? Okay, so, and I didn't even realize all that was going on. I just kind of said, okay, Lord, I wanted to do what you wanted me to do. You see, guys, that's who he's called us to be. That's who he's called us to be. And most people want to be that. Especially if you're a believer, that's who you want to be. But if you don't plan to get there, you will never be able to do it. Does that make sense? And so that's what this has been about. This financial piece has been about getting a plan to get us there. You may not be able to do that now, right? But that's where you want to get to because it's who he's called us to be. And it's one of the ways we can make a difference in this world around us. And I believe that's what started here. And I think that's why you see, and if you, you sense a level of excitement in this area, because freedom in this area really is freedom, all right? We can continue on here. As I, as I finish with, we, as we finish with this, I have just a few minutes and then I have a little video I'd like to share with you. But there's one other thing I want to, I want to encourage you with. Now, a lot of us, you know, you know it, sometimes in some of the weeks, there were a handful of us that, that, would, that would make statements like you did in your connection groups or in your groups, whatever groups you were part of for this. You would, you know, after seven, six, seven, eight weeks, uh, maybe after the nine, you can say, you know, hey, we're debt free. But I want you to understand that you are an anomaly, all right? Most are just getting started. And I don't want that to discourage you if you're just getting started. Because for some of us, this will be, this is going to be a, this is going to be a journey. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting because it says in Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, don't grow weary. And don't, get don't get tired, don't get frustrated, if you will, of doing good doing what you're supposed to do, right? For in due season, you'll reap, okay? If you don't quit, if you don't quit. Interesting. So here's, what I, here's the encouragement I want to give to you and for you is that, you know, when I stopped playing ball, uh, believe it or not, I, you know, uh, I, I, started, I started running to get rid of a lot of the, the bulk that I had. And so it, started, it was long distances, and so, and so I, I began to learn what it, what it meant to run. And I found that I could motivate myself better if I, if I entered a handful of races, you know, usually 10Ks, some 5Ks. But if I, if I, if I, 
if I would run some of those, that would help in every day, you know, uh, when, you, when you do it. And so, but the day of the race is an interesting thing, okay? I'd never been a part of this because I'd always played the game. I had never, running was not the sport. It was the punishment in my sport, all right? And so, but, but I learned something about the day of the race is that the beginning is tons of fun. Right? If you don't understand what I'm saying, the beginning of the race is great. Everybody's there. Everybody, we did this turkey trot one over here one year. Everybody's there. Everybody's excited. Everybody's cheering. All the sponsors are there, you know, with all of their balloons and all of their everything. And there's this, it's, it's, there's just excitement, right? And so, and so starting a race is, is, is great. And it's easy. Okay, and believe it or not, for the first couple of miles, it's, it's, not, it's not real bad. Now, also, the last half mile is not real bad. Y'all know where I'm going. The hard part is the middle. It's always the middle, all right? And again, I have never long, I've run, never run long like a lot of you run long, like my son did a marathon and other things like that. Some of you run that. It's the middle, the beginning, life's good, everybody's cheering, the end, there's a, there's a second wind. There's this, there's this energy that comes at the end that you never thought you had. You can see the finish line, lots of encouragement. It's the middle. So guys, I know a lot of you, you've taken a good look at finances and it's maybe even gotten you just a little bit discouraged. But you've made this commitment. You've gone nine weeks. You've started chunk, chunking down it. In fact, Tim showed us some really amazing thing that just from what he showed us, and it wasn't even everybody, that so many of you have, have, have bitten into these things pretty, in, in a pretty good manner. Some of us, you've got, you've got some time ahead of you. You're not, you'll be okay for, for, for a few months, perhaps even a year, right? It's going to be after that, Right? that you're gonna to have to keep rolling because freedom's your goal. Getting to a place where you get to what we call financial freedom, free in Christ. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, to be free in that area is one of the goals of every believer. That's why we've done this series, is we want people to get there because once you get there, that finish line is an awesome finish line, right? But it's gonna take getting through the middle part. Not today, okay, you're good today. Everybody's clapping today, you know, handing out money, life is good. It's the later part that you and I are gonna need, right? Therefore, in due season, we will reap, which means we'll receive, right? If we don't quit, if we don't quit, it's incredible to me that as you run a race, how your mind plays tricks on you, just to stop, right? just to stop. And everything I've ever done, I've found that it seems that the things that are the most important, there's always that temptation just to stop, right? And somehow you can convince yourself it's not worth it and all of the rest that goes with it. What I'm trying to say, say to you is don't give up. Soon as we have the opportunity to do good, good to every, let's do good to everyone. Let's make a difference in other people's lives, especially those who are part uh, uh, who are part of, of those who are believers, fellow believers, household of faith, right? That's what it says in Galatians. So as I, as I finish, I've got, a, I've got a video I'd like to share with you. And I want you to listen closely to what they share with you because I think they echo quite a bit of where people were 
And, and this is just an average couple, average someone who, who, who really echoes uh, this, this picture of what's happened during these last weeks. Take a look at this video. We are the Mounts. We've been at uh, Indian Rocks for a couple of years now. We have a daughter who's in the fifth grade at Indian Rocks Christian School. So about eight or 10 years ago, we were doing uh, financially uh, what we thought was the right thing. We had student loans, we had uh, consumer debt, we had some car loans, we had a mortgage. Uh, even though our, our take-home pay uh, on paper looked sufficient, we were still living paycheck to paycheck, uh, but we thought everybody was. That was what was considered normal. Uh, then Aaron heard on the radio uh, this guy named Dave Ramsey uh, that was proposing uh, living without debt, and I, I thought it sounded crazy, uh, but we took the class, and what we discovered, uh, to our surprise, uh, was that the Bible does directly address uh, how people should handle their finances. When the Quest for Hope was announced at Indian Rocks, uh, we felt called uh, to step forward and volunteer to teach one of the classes. We've had the opportunity to lead the Tuesday night class, and we've had fantastic results with the Tuesday night group. And we are fortunate to have a very diverse group, uh, age group, meeting on Tuesday nights. We have some young families that are just getting started in their journey, that are learning the basics of um, cooking for themselves and budgeting for themselves and planning for the future. We have some families that are in the middle that have older children and the expenses that go with that. They're starting to think about their college plans for their kids and uh, vehicles and insurance. And we also have some people in our class that are in their 80s, that many of their financial decisions have already been made. And they're just trying to fine tune it and thinking about what they're going to leave to the next generation. And it's been so fulfilling to have everyone's input from their different stages and their different experience levels. I would encourage the participants of this program not to get impatient with themselves, that this takes time. And to also show yourself some grace, that you won't always do it perfectly, but if you are consistent and you do it long enough, you will get there. The last thing I, that I encourage our group to is to surround themselves with like-minded people, that it's easier to be convicted and follow this path if you're not so constantly being bombarded with the desire to dive back in to debt. A couple of things I want you to take from what they said, because they were, they, they, they to me represented the, 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 the average person that took the, that was like, wow, see the perspective change. That's what I wanted you to see. His perspective is, is like, oh, he, because remember what he said? He said, well, I just kind of figured that that was everybody until I delved in and saw the material. And then it was like, oh, right. I love the, I love that phrase. Oh, I, I just do because it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But we get so busy sometimes we fail to see those things that should make sense because we don't have the time or don't take the time to take a look at them. 
And the other thing I like what she said was, guys, this is a journey. And I love what she said there when she says, offer yourself some grace. I know a lot of people have made bad decisions in the past. You got one of two choices. You can beat yourself up and stay where you are, or you can offer yourself some grace and start heading down the right road. That's the key to it. Guys, I grew up, I grew up in, I was not a believer, but I grew up going to church where shame and guilt was the norm from up here. Does that make sense? Beat on you, tell you how terrible you are, hoping to guilt you into doing what's right. Guys, that's not who I am. I'm one, I doesn't work. Number two, guys, it's not something God is forcing us to do. It's something he's leading us to do because it brings freedom. That's the key to it. So that's what's exciting to me. That's what I get excited when I just hear those couples like this that get, number one, they get it. Number two, they're even offering encouragement by, while encouraging themselves. Hey, listen, all right, it may, it may take a little while and you're not going to do it perfectly. But as I've said many times, and maybe it'll even make more sense now, there's a lot of difference between wrecking on the right road and wrecking on the wrong one. When you wreck on the right road, you say, okay, I messed up. You get up, you fix everything, and you get back going where you were going. When you're on the wrong road, there's a whole lot of work to be done, right? So again, you're not going to do it perfectly, but get on it and stay on it, right? And you'll be amazed over time is you'll be amazed at what can really happen. So, so as, I, as, I, as I close what I wanted to share with you, is, is this picture of our prayer has been since last February, Dan, maybe February, when we started planning to do this. See, this is not something we just, hey, decided we'd throw together. We wanted everybody. We were gonna do this last spring, but we thought it was too close of a window where we couldn't organize it good enough, uh, well enough. So we decided to wait and a lot of prayers going on this. And the prayer is not that everybody get excited because I've learned over the years I even know how, I can get people excited. But excitement wears off as fast as it comes. But when you see it and it changes, it doesn't go up and then crash. When it changes, it just begins to, to go slowly uphill. Does that make sense? But see, we've gotten, we've gotten hooked on that drug in our culture of <laughs> And then it just goes up, down, and it's gone. That's not who he's called us to be, right? That's not who he's called us to be. So it's an exciting thing. And I believe you're going to see exciting things, not so much today as you're going to see them over the months, maybe even this year, year and a half, as people head towards this slowly, but they head towards this. So anyway, but it's exciting stuff. God bless, give him the glory for it. He's the ones, his principles, his, his wants for our lives. And uh, we just want to be a part of it. All right, God bless you.